Hello, and welcome to the Scripts and Scribes live stream Q&A podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Fukunaga. Happy Saturday, and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. Uh, before we begin the live stream, next Saturday, we're off for Thanksgiving, but we'll be back on Friday, December 3rd. Yes, uh, another special weekday episode at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern with Lit Manager and Producer Ryan Cunningham of Anonymous Content. Um, but today, our guest is a TV writer who wrote on the Goldbergs, is a 2019 Disney ABC TV Writing Fellowship alum, uh, a 2020 BAFTA Breakthrough Artist, an advisor and educator for the Sundance Institute, and many, many, many of you may know him as a super mod uh, on the very popular LA TV Writers Facebook group. He is Adeep Desai. Thanks for joining us today, Adeep. I don't know how to introduce you regarding the... Uh, uh, LA TV writing, because I know it's just you and Derek, really. It's me and Derek. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it. Um, I just rescued it when, when the person who used to run it wanted was like, I'm tired and I want to move on. <laughs> and, and they moved on to like non-TV writing type stuff. And I said, well, I can't let it die. Right. So I took it and then I asked Derek, like, help me run this because I can't do it myself. And um, it's act. I don't know if people understand how how much work it is. It's a lot of work. I can imagine. How many it, members yeah. are is it now? Seventeen thousand almost. Seventeen thousand. Yeah. That's insane. It's insane. Uh, so yeah, we we work hard and we just we don't get anything from it except for we get to help people. That's it. So mm -hmm. we, it's not like we're getting money out of it or anything. So well, I'm sure <laughs> you're earning though. a lot of good karma. I hope so. I got to find it somewhere. <laughs> uh, so. Um, before we get into all the writing stuff, I have to say, I knew you from an appearance you made on a Food Network television series called The Worst Cooks in America. Uh -huh. um, and once, when we connected on Facebook, I think it was initially, yeah. I was like, hey, I know that name. <laughs> I know him from somewhere. Because we watched, my wife and I watched this, you know, everything on the Food Network, really. Oh, yeah. So I was like, wait a minute, he's a writer? And then <laughs> it kind of all came together. And then, uh, yeah. you know, sort of talking since then. That was awesome. Yeah. But my question to you is, do you have a pilot about someone like yourself who is on a reality show, who becomes a TV? I mean, that's, that's a show in and of itself. That's like, what I'm writing right now. Perfect. Yeah, because that's something that needs to be out there that needs to be your calling card that needs yeah. to get you a job or sell something. You know what I mean? Yeah, it finally became a thing where like because I, I signed with new management and mm -hmm. um, and they were like, this is the thing. And then I I pitched my writing group like 15 log lines like this is the thing. Right. I have all these other wacky ideas, but this is the actually quite the easiest one. Like it's like the lowest hanging fruit mm -hmm. so I can just knock it out. And that's my goal, actually, for the end of the year is to like just knock that out because it's all in my head anyway like i don't right. need to like think about it um but yeah it's I, i'm trying to figure out like why anyone would watch this though like that's the thing it's like what are you going to identify with as a regular person and the thing is on that show i was like a new dad mm -hmm. and i was like definitely behind the eight ball in every way so i'm gonna just use that as part of the you know use what i have as part of like the way that you like a character and I mean, it was insane. It, it there's so many stories that um, I can fictionalize mm -hmm. uh, that no one ever heard about because things happen um, on reality shows that, oh, when the camera's not running, especially because we all live together. Oh, I didn't know. That. So that's that's a big part of it. And I so, think yeah, that that you're smart. I had spoken to someone who I don't know if he 
I'm not going to name the individual. Uh, I don't know if he wants the <clears throat> yeah. story told, but he is, he works for a professional sports team mm-hmm. uh, and reached out to me and just to have a conversation. We chatted and uh, he was talking about his branding. Like he had written, he and his writing partner had written um, a couple different dramas, uh, you know, just sort of like crime drama, things like that. But he'd worked for a professional sports team in their front office. And my question to him was, why aren't you writing a project like that? Right? Yeah. Why aren't you yeah. using that to brand yourself? Why? Yeah. Because when you're submitting it, you can submit with authority, right? You have a sports yeah, exactly. show, exactly. whether you're submitting for a sports show or whether you're just submitting your show. It's still it, interesting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's an insider point of view. Yeah. It, it, it's something that, you know, they always say, what is it about this that only you can Right. Why is oh, this? Yes. Such, why mm-hmm. can you own, are the only writer to write this? Well, if yeah. you are working for a professional sports team in the front office, yeah. you have that authority. And for you, yeah. again, you have a specific authority, a specific point yeah. of view, rather than you just writing another General. CSI clone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And I don't even know. I mean, I, I, I love procedurals, but mm-hmm. my, even procedural things that I work on are not normal. They're, they're dramedies and they're like very strange and, um, yeah, everything I have is sort of like hybrid in terms of voice and genre right. and the way I mix it and stuff. So, yeah, this, I mean, this one was like, there's so many, I, I'm just trying to figure out like where to start the story mm-hmm. of the pilot because there's so many things. And when it's from your own life, it's really hard to like filter. Right. And that's a thing that's really common. Like when I teach, everyone comes in with like autobiographical stuff, mm-hmm. which I do too. But um, it's like, okay, you need to find that distance and you need to find the objectivity so you can actually make it something new right. and not get caught up in the minutia of like what really happened. Right. That's really common. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but again, in terms yeah. of branding, find your brand, find what yeah. it is about you. That's unique and, and, and go towards that. Don't shy away from it. Don't try yeah. to write something that everyone else can write just because you want to fit in or just yeah that's popular crime show so i'm yeah. gonna write a crime show even though you, you can't have chase. a great background yeah you know like you were you worked in a hospital or you worked right. you were in the military but cop right. shows are popular so i'm gonna write a yeah. cop show right but like what's your cop sh- if you're a cop and you're writing a cop show what's, oh sure what's your take on it and i right. think that's i always say like i go th- i don't go in through like the back door i go through the side door because mm-hmm. the back door is like we didn't expect any of the side door is like oh i heard a noise and it's like <laughs> um i like to go through there and it's right so it's like we're looking at the same thing but we're looking at a slightly different angle and it's um it's like oh okay and i understand now like the whole thing you right. know i'm not looking at from one one end to the other so right um yeah it's branding is funny because i i sort of i think i fell into my brand and mm-hmm. my brand was before children was a little bit different than after children mm-hmm. but i just took that same way that i wrote and just applied it to being a dad and so mm-hmm. like i i say that i write dad core because it's like all insane dad stuff mm-hmm. and um but you don't the thing is people remind me like you don't see like men of color as dads doing regular dad shit right you know no, you have true. blackish and it's all about race but like mine aren't all about race there mm-hmm. and i love blackish one of my favorite shows but it's um it's like can you just exist as a person of color or a dad of color in the right. world and then and then you see like how all the little things affect you right um yeah so i mean I, we've, we've had a couple conversations about diversity and and, and race uh, on the podcast in the past yeah. uh one thing that i one story i sort of always relate and it's regards to er that mm-hmm. eric lasalle yeah apparently going out for dr benson 
yeah. really wanted that role. He came in in Scrubs. Oh yeah. He did it. But he said that the reason he wanted that role was because um, uh, Dr. Benson was a doctor who happened to be black, not yes. that he was a black doctor. Right? Exactly. So it exactly. wasn't about him being it, it's showing, you know, a doctor who happens to be black, but just yeah. being a doctor and being normal and, and just fitting and de not dealing with those issues until they came up, you know, and they do come up you right. know, in that world all the time. Right. But it's not about that. He wasn't the black that. doctor on the yeah. show, which is yeah. nice. It, 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 com it can complicate things in a, in a good way, story wise. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, where, cause like, uh, people will come in like, I don't want to, I don't want to, x kind of doctor i don't want a chinese doctor i don't want an indian doctor it's like you do want an indian or a chinese doctor just saying but um like the fact that you would refuse help from somebody mm. based on like their skin color is oh, sure. pretty insane but like when the rubber meets the road it's like you still want the best one and if mm. the best one happens to be black like you're gonna take them like right. that's just so that's the hypocrisy of all that shit. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's fascinating to like do, you know, that's why ER is so great. ER yeah. is one of the best shows of all time. Yeah, no, and you know, when you need help, your internal prejudices are so strong that you're willing to turn down help to save your life based on those kind of, I mean, it doesn't make you sense. See it. But you yeah, see you see it. it. You see it, absolutely. Like I, I, I did a ride along with some firefighters years ago because I was writing mm -hmm. an article about them. Mm -hmm. And um, they were like, yeah, like people will fully be like, I don't want a black firefighter. It's like, you don't have a choice. Like right. you full on are dying right now. Do you want, right. you know, and they're, they're so racist that they, they can still remember to be like, they're so, it's so hardwired that it's seeing a, a black face is going to, you know, um, don't save my house because it'll be tainted <laughs> forever. It's like, what? <laughs> like, what, really? What reality are you living in? <laughs> Idiot. it's amazing yeah it's amazing on that but we're not here to talk about no race and stuff because that's i so mean 2020 20... <laughs> but like like uh dr benson if it comes up it yeah. comes up and yeah. we'll deal with it yeah i'm uh, like a, i'm a writer who happens to be indian but i do write a lot of indian characters sure there's nothing uh, wrong with that. that's but good. because you know like they expect you to when you come in and you have a non-indian character and you're indian they're like but what about something a little more from your experience and right. you want any so i just lean into it was like here's an indian character sure you know but, but that's a, good though because that's what you want to see you want someone that's what i want to see yeah right because that they would bother me more if it was you know like a show about you know an indian american and was all you know non if there was not an indian on that staff at least a couple a few yeah. at least yeah that would bother me right because oh, the, yeah. the inauthenticity and and i don't know yeah. it just yeah anyway yeah. um so but let's go back to the beginning let's talk about a deep decide becoming a writer what how did you get your start in terms of both the industry and just writing in general how did when you were younger, how did you decide you wanted to become a TV writer? And, and what are the steps you took to get to that point? Well, I mean, I have a crazy uh, circuitous uh, story, mm -hmm. but I always loved television and movies. And um, I've told this story before, but like I had asthma as a kid. I still have it. And that would like put me in my house all summer because I couldn't leave. I lived in Sacramento. I couldn't leave oh. um, because I just I was so allergic to everything. It would just cause an asthma attack. So I would just stay home. And the only time I would leave would be to go to the like fucking Hollywood video or Blockbuster when they still had those. Mm -hmm. And like I would rent 10 videos.
videos bring them back and then, so i did that like every day and so i was the kid who had seen everything mm -hmm. and had an opinion about everything now i'm like much better about my opinions but uh so i watched all the tv and all the films that you could you could get your hands on um but i didn't know that was a career um but i did know at one point because i i was like into music growing up that was my thing that's what i wanted to do uh my parents wanted me to be a doctor because they're a cliche and uh so so i just like i'm gonna do music and and in college i uh, i dropped being pre-med eventually did econ and music and then went into the music business for like 10 years mm -hmm. Um, so you gradually left I, 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 <laughs> from I, doctor to being econ and music. Yeah, econ, and it's just music. I'm an econ like I am a slacker who went and went from chemistry to econ. Which when white people hear that, they're like, "That doesn't feel any easier." <laughs> and I'm like, "It is easier actually." Uh, but I liked it more mm. too. Um, but I didn't. You know, you don't know that's a career, especially as an Asian person. Like no one's like, "Oh yeah, you can." I mean, I watched the Dick Van Dyke show, but I thought that was a fiction, you know, like and I didn't know that was like what a real writer's room is like and, right. and that that's how they're written. And um, so so I just go through my life just being an avid fan of pop culture. And I even consider getting my master's in like pop culture. Uh, mm. There's like a program at one school. And uh, but anyway, that's a big tangent. Um, what happened was I wanted to be a music supervisor. Oh, I, wow. Because I loved music and I loved film and TV, I was like, oh, that's a perfect way for me to sort of contribute. And so I went toward, I, I went, my goal was to go towards that. So I worked at like as an intern and, and an NPR station and I interned for Randy Jackson at Sony Music. And oh, cool. we ran like Mariah Carey's world tours and stuff like that, which is rad. Uh, it, it was like Rick Rubin's office was like right over here. Wow. Like it was that kind of heavy duty kind of people. Why aren't and you writing a script about that if you haven't already? I don't know. Music stuff is tough because um, it's like, oh, it always falls into the same rhythms. And, and it's like, mm. if it's a band story, it's this. If it's a, you know, uh, I haven't written about like an A&R rep, but that's a good idea. You should, should make that. it a comedy. Yeah. Right. A yeah, no one's comedy about music and AR about all the weird, quirky musicians that come through. And... I never thought about that yeah. actually. I'll do, I'll go do that next. Yeah. You're good. I'm going to talk to you anytime I'm out of ideas. Let's do it. Um, that's fantastic. I'm going to leave this now and go write it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now I'm like, look, now my brain is in writer mode. It's like, woo. Yeah. No, that's uh, a great idea and something yeah. we haven't seen. Yeah. That'd be fun. And it like make a period too because it's, it was yeah. pre like, pre everyone having a cell phone it mm -hmm. was um you know you couldn't you you had to message your your boss over this weird little like internal text messaging system mm -hmm. it was very very antiquated i would just i would he's like don't use it just shout at me like <laughs> you know kenny loggins yeah. is on the phone like, nice that's, that's the kind of shit um so i did i did that and i was you know playing in tons of bands and i did radio and I, I booked uh, bands for things. I did like I managed my own band. Like I did every job you could think of. No, that's cool. And uh, and then I went on the road as a trumpet player, mm -hmm. and I was writing letters home like physically. Um, and I was writing to my girlfriend, and she was like sharing them with her friends and my friends stuff. And I was, which I thought was really odd when I got back because she's like, ah, all these people read. Uh, like my friends were like you should be a writer, and I was like, why? 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 Are I, where are you getting this from? They're like, oh yeah, she said. <laughs> Your girlfriend shared 
these things with us that are really funny. And I was like, that's not for public. <laughs> she should not have done that. But I guess I wouldn't have a career, I, uh, you know, yeah, happy the, the career that I have. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So they're like, there's something in here. Um, and I was like, OK, well, I do love writing. I, I, I always got like I always loved writing in, mm -hmm. in like school. That was my favorite thing to do was like write papers. And um, it was just like an, it was just a form that I, you know, I liked mm -hmm. and exploring all the different things, like details and research and, you know, all those things that like spark a writer's brain. I had that. Um, and so I took that and they're like, you know, you, everyone's like, you, you love television. So I was like, OK, yeah, I'll, I'll like start trying to write television. And I've loved it. And I wrote like a law and order spec and actually got to Dick Wolf and wow. he wanted to buy it. And, uh, and I was like, Oh shit. That was like the first real thing that I had done. That wasn't like a short or mm -hmm. something like that. And then, um, it was about Jerry Orbach's character's backstory and Jerry or Orbach dies. And so that kills me. Oh. Like, <laughs> I have many stories like, yeah, yeah. um, but they're like, this is really great. It's a great sample. Keep writing. Da, da, da. And I was doing procedurally stuff. And then, um, I was a music supervisor on a feature hmm. and they asked me to do a punch up. They were like, Hey, come in. Everyone's coming in to do like to punch up the jokes. And I was like, okay, I don't know, really know what that is. And, um, and I was writing procedurals. Hmm. I wasn't writing comedies. Sure. And so came in, I got like some jokes in and I got like a couple bits in and set a set piece. And I was like, oh, this is what I want to do mm -hmm. because that's just more satisfying than find a band or artist, listen to the thing, and then spend all the rest of your time trying to chase a contract down. That's what music supervising is when you have to do it all yourself. Right. So I was like, okay, I'm going to transition to writing eventually. And so I just sort of slowly moved toward that. You know, I like, I got a bonus at work. I used the money to go take Robert McKee's class in LA like I did sh crazy yeah. shit like that that's cool um and then you know you just keep I just did a whole bunch of shit in between and and you know I ran a screenwriting nonprofit, and then eventually moved to LA because I was tired of Seattle and the weather and I you had to be here if you want to be a television writer so mm -hmm. I moved here and all that so, so I did all the assistant shit and I did the uh I was a terrible assistant um I was I was really good at the writing assistant part of being an assistant and a terrible at all the other stuff like mm. if you want your lunch order fucked up this is your guy <laughs> um and so I'm just not good at that but uh yeah anyway so I, I did all that and I ended up at Reading Rainbow um and I'd been writing the whole time and then mm -hmm. got laid off and came home and we we were we bought a new dishwasher and it's like I don't like to spend money because I'm cheap and uh I was like oh well I lost my job we have to take this back They're like no we installed it like you can't take it back and then I got drunk and that night uh, I'm like ooh you know when you get fired or like laid off and you get drunk like things come out and I'm like well at least you're not pregnant or anything and she's like well uh and I was like oh no so baby number two so I decided she's like, just don't don't take survivor jobs, just write. That's what mm -hmm. you that's what we came here to do. Just do that. And I was like, okay. So I only took writing gigs, um, and I only wrote. Mm -hmm. And then one script after another, I I was like, if this next script is is terrible, I'm gonna quit. And it wasn't. So like, if this next script isn't good, I'm gonna quit. And it was mm -hmm. good. So then, and then I was like, I want to go to film school. 
because I always wanted to, and people talked me out of it forever. And so I'm like, I'm going to do it. And so I applied to the local film school, which is for me, AFI. Mm -hmm. And uh, I get in somehow and I go to AFI. And this is like 2017, 2017? Yeah, 2018. I get, I get an AFI and then I'm sitting in AFI and I'm like, oh, cool. I'm going to do this for a few years and have some cool samples and have a, a fresh new network of people. Mm -hmm. And then I get an email from the Disney program, like, congratulations, you're a semifinalist. And it looks like spam because Disney emails always do. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what? Wait, did I apply to this? And I had forgotten because... Fellowship you were drunk. Season, <laughs> I was drunk all the time. And fellowship season is like taxes. You do it. You, mm. you like send it. You forget it. And you're like, well, wait right. till next year. And everybody out there knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's like, oh, okay, what am I going to spec? Mm -hmm. And what's my essay going to be now? Because I've applied 10 times and I've, I've mined my entire life mm -hmm. at this point. So I have nothing to talk about. And so for me, it was just like, oh, yeah, I'm already in AFI. Fuck it. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I applied. This is the last time I'm going to do it. Fifth time. I figured more than five is just not going to happen. And right. then I get in, I drop out of AFI and uh, I go to Disney and then through Disney, then I go to the Goldbergs and that's sort of like how we get to where we are now. But it's like, my story is way too long and annoying because it's just too many turns. Like don't do all the turns that I did. Just well, but do I mean, what you want to do. And the interesting thing is, though, is that made you who you are today. Yeah. And in terms of like writing this music spec, whatever that the background you carry with you and the life experiences that you carry with you are going to make you a better writer, more diverse writer, not just in terms of ethnic, ethnically speaking, just but you know, story in terms of life. Yeah. Story yeah. wise. Yeah. You know, and I think that's that's going to help you more than you realize <clears throat> now yeah yeah when you know the further you are in your career like you can draw from things and yeah and that's all i do and and when yeah. i'm uh, like i always say there's i can talk to anybody and i can pitch on almost any story because i have had a hundred lives mm -hmm. and um and everyone's like wait uh, like my friends are like oh no don't bring anything up Adip will say that he did that already right and, <laughs> and i'm like but i have and they're like we know but it's like you've done too many things. Right. Like it's it's it, they're they're like here it comes. <laughs> yeah, o only uh, one new thing a week you can bring yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> they uh, let other people bring up stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I'm very you know I'm very like low key about anything mm -hmm. that I've I've done. Like I put my stuff on my bio and all that because people want that, but I don't really care about any of it. Um, it's for me, it's just like, what's the writing? What are we doing about the writing? What's the right. storytelling? That's the, that's the important part for me. And I love people. So I love interacting with people and, but I don't care about like accolades and shit. Like mm -hmm. that stuff is meaningless. And, and like, I'm semi-famous from doing that show. Like I still get recognized. Like, I don't care about that. Like, just be nice to me. I don't really want to be famous. I just want to work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But a lot of people go into this for the wrong reasons. You know, it's like they want to be famous, and that's like the worst reason to do anything. Right. You know, as we're seeing with influencer culture, but I digress. I was going to ask you, um, or for, actually for those who are in the stream, if you have questions for a deep, uh, drop them in the stream. But before we start taking audience questions, I wanted to uh, ask you about the fellowship, because I know mm -hmm. a lot of people... 
uh, a lot of listeners and viewers are interested in the fellowship. So mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about uh, from the sort of very beginning, the application mm -hmm. process, um, the the steps you took in the interviews, what the interviews were like, because I know after oh. the first couple of rounds, you get interviews, how oh, you it's... chose your spec, you know, yeah. what to spec, that kind of thing, that whole yeah. process. I... I think for me that timing timing was crucial because mm -hmm. the the year I got in, you could apply with two originals um, samples, uh -huh. so I didn't have to write a spec. I've written like twelve or thirteen specs, and and they're all generally pretty good, and some are are awesome. But uh, I've never gotten. I mean, I got I got my first managers off a spec of mm -hmm. Modern Family and stuff like that, but specs haven't really done much for me and I haven't done well in any um any of the fellowship programs like I applied to all of them I've never gotten anywhere on any of them then the oh. fifth time on Disney I get all the way in so who knows what the because there are people who've been semi-finalists and finalists and mm -hmm. like year after year and like maybe next year is the year and it's like it may never happen for you or, right. or it may happen for you for the first time you do anything so there's no rhyme or reason but if you've applied a bunch of times and your application is strong Mm -hmm. go, oh, let's give let's give them a shot because they've earned it um, and they're ready. You know, being ready, I think, is important. So that process changes year over year. And that's what people need to remember for all the fellowships. They cha they change them slightly, the applications every year. So don't think that you can just rest on your laurels. And for all of them, you need a new personal statement. So don't right. try to reuse your shit. Um so for Disney, um, the year I applied, two, two pilots, you have, uh, you needed recommendations that year. Now you don't. Um, so we've gone from send a spec and a pilot with two recommendations to two pilots, no recommendations. Maybe you can put a re referral on there. I think they ask for that sometimes. Mm. Um, and then you have your personal statement and you have um, your bio. No, for that's not about it. You have your resume. Um, sometimes they want the programs want resume and bio. Sometimes they only want one or the other. So just mm -hmm. make sure like everyone should just make sure that they check the requirements really carefully because the, the way that they weed out like a bunch of people is if you didn't, um, follow directions, right? That's straight up. Yeah. And the other way, the other reason they throw your shit out is if you say, um, TV raised me, I love TV. I know everything about TV, like all the shit that I told you in the beginning, leave all that shit out. None of that will work because they get that all the time. If you're like TV raised me, then like that's gone. Um, you really have to get deep into like what your experience is as a person right. and a writer and how you connect that. Um, so yeah, you, you, those are like the basic building blocks of the application. And then, yeah, you send it in and then you get an email if you're going to send my final and that can come in September, October. Um, it varies based on how uh, on top of the program, you know, on top of the program is on their their um, schedule. And then from there, like the semifinalist interview is a phone or Zoom interview. And it's like anywhere between seven and 30 minutes. And it's with one person. It can be anyone on the Disney uh, pro, uh, like fellowship team. Mm -hmm. And and that will change, like, those people kind of cycle in and out. One one thing that people don't realize, like, all the fellowship programs, sort of the same people work in all of them. And they're, like, they'll just take the team and they'll, like, go to, from one to another. So the people right. who run Universal mm -hmm. used to run Disney and stuff like that. So 
you will run into people. So if you're like a finalist at, mm -hmm. let's say you're a finalist at Disney and then the whole Disney team moves to Universal, you apply to Universal next year, maybe you'll get in because they know you. It's because it's still a relationship business. That's interesting. I didn't know mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And uh, I didn't really understand that until recently because uh, I started to see all the chairs, you know, shifting. And um, so so that that interview is the really it's the make it or break it interview mm -hmm. part, um, because once once you if you get that interview, that means they think that you can be in the program like that straight up. So if you're right. a semifinalist at Disney, you're a badass and that you should be proud of that. Uh, cause that is really hard. It's really hard to get that point. And then you have to answer like a million questions as quick as possible. And they, they call you out of the blue. So you don't have a scheduled time. Mm -hmm. They just, at least my year, they like call you and you, so you have to have your phone out for like a whole week, like sitting <laughs> out. So I'm like at AFI getting notes on right. my feature and I'm like, I don't know when they're going to call. Right. And then Disney calls while I'm getting notes on my feature in class. And I didn't mean to do this as like a, as like a flex or anything, but I said, I'm sorry, I'm getting notes on my feature right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm at AFI. Can you guys call me back later? And they're like, okay. <laughs> and, uh, I was like, I wasn't ready to have that conversation. Right. Because you're going from receiving notes and processing that one part of your brain and then to going into like an interview mode is so different. And uh, I knew I needed like time to transition to that. And mm -hmm. plus I was like, fuck it. If they don't want to call me, like, I don't care. Like, I really didn't care at that point. Right. That was huge. Mm -hmm. Not giving a shit is like the number one. Mm -hmm. Don't Because I would say DBB, don't be desperate. And right. um, uh, so anyway, they call me back and I'm like, when they call me, I'm like sitting outside. It's dark and cold and I'm mm -hmm. on a picnic bench at AFI in the only quiet place and they call and I have like all my note cards ready for any potential question I could have, they could ask. And then I do it. Mine was like 15 minutes. And then, you know, I just left it on the table and I was like, okay, that's over. And, uh, right. so anyway, like, I don't know if you have questions about like that specifically that call. Um, yeah, no, I mean, like whatever details one. you can give, I think everyone would be interested in there's hearing. So ma there's so many details. So, right. um, basically that, the thing that all of the whole Disney program preps you for mm -hmm. is the question, tell me about yourself that you get in every right. general, right? Every meeting with anybody. Mm -hmm. um, that's the first question. And it's not like, I mean, you asked me that, right? You asked me to tell me about yourself. I didn't uh -huh. do my Disney spiel. I could have, but I just didn't. We're friends. So I don't have to go like right. do a whole song and dance because there is a song and dance. Um, and so you, I knew that. And so I sat down and, and the way I knew that is I've talked to people who were, who had done the program and not people who had been, I talked to people who were like finalists and stuff, but I talked to people mm -hmm. who got in and they, that's the thing. Like you can get coached. You don't tell Disney you're getting coached, but like everyone does it. Everyone finds someone who did the program. Like, Hey, I'm a mm -hmm. semi-finalist. Can you help me? And they will, um, generally speaking. So I, I knew that like that question was a story. The answer to that question is a story, right? It's not your resume. So you have to come up with a story that has a theme that, that aligns with like all the stuff that you sent in, but is a new like uh, view on your own life. So again, mm -hmm. side door. And 
Because you don't want to repeat any of the things that they've already read about you. Right. Unless it's like, unless it's like one of the three, obviously like one to three nuggets that you want them to remember about you, you mm -hmm. can hit those. But in terms of the story stuff, like you want to have new stuff. Um, and it's rapid fire. It's like, uh, what show of ours, you know, would you want to write on and, and why? Uh, what character do you identify with most on our network and why? And for me, it was like very easy because they had just acquired Marvel, like the Marvel transition was happening. They hadn't quite uh done the fox thing yet mm -hmm. so really you were just dealing with like abc and disney for the most part and so i was like blackish because i write brown dad family shit <laughs> right and it's like what else am i gonna pick plus i love that show right and uh so i just talked about how i identified with with dre's character in terms of like i want he wants to keep his culture uh but he's also he also wants his family to do better and so you have to live in this particular kind of elite world and and how do you navigate and still hang on to your culture so it's like very easy for me and it's like what if you get a kid who's like a freaking alien to you and you cannot relate to them like junior and uh and i'm like yeah sounds like my dad and me i was fucking junior and my essay was about my dad and i and uh and that's what you know got me in and stuff mm -hmm. like that so I had a very tight target of things that I was talking about. It was very much like dad stuff. So hey, that's good though. Stay yeah. on message, right? On brand. Yeah. Cause they want to know how they can pitch you mm -hmm. when you get in. And so, I mean, the show that I end up on is a family show about, you know, people who yell at each other, <laughs> what I always say. And, um, that I know that experience. I had that experience. It's right. not like new for me. I can just jump right in. So mm -hmm. um, they just want to see those things. And they want to know like what you're doing for your craft. They want to know what classes you've taken. They want to know where you've worked. They want to know what you've learned at all these things. They want to know what you think your voice is. Like anything you can think of that anyone could ask about you, you should have on lock. Um, and so I told a story about my parents coming from India and joining the Air Force and moving to all these weird places. And mine was chronological because my life is very strange chronologically. So it's a good, it actually is a good way to tell my story, but other people's story isn't as interesting because it's like we, and every place we went, I would tell a story about living in that place and like what I learned about it, <clears throat> from right. it you know? So I have like all, and I do, character voices and I do all because in comedy you want to really perform mm -hmm. uh but not do stand-up it's a very tricky fine thing. line yeah fine line yeah because if you straight up do stand-up like there's like no we can't have you <laughs> in this room doing stand-up all day you'll drive everyone insane right um so so yeah you answer all these questions and then they're like okay we'll be in touch and then it's like okay and even, you have no idea what's gonna happen and then you mm -hmm. get an email it's like congratulations you're a finalist now, like you start to sweat and you start to freak out. It's really stressful. It's really, really stressful. Even though I didn't give a shit, it was right. still stressful because a lot of stuff to work on. Uh, I found the less you give a shit, so to speak, uh, the more, you know, like dating, the more you really yeah. want it and seem desperate, the less they are, in, less interested they are in you. But yeah. the more you're like, eh, whatever, yeah. the more interested they are in you. And, and it's always better to have them coming after you absolutely that's something i'm learning too it's like anytime i'm i'm a little even a tiny one percent desperate mm -hmm. it's it just blows up in my face in a horrible way and so now i'm like you know what i'm not gonna even 
I don't even hustle the same way I used to. You know, I don't, I don't do the cold calling hustle. I don't try to like beg anyone for a meeting. I don't do any of that shit. Like Mm -hmm. I'll be like, Hey, you and I do some of the same shit. We should hang out. And if they ignore me or whatever, I'm like, I don't care. I'll just move on. Right. Right. You know? And it's like, you can talk to me later when, you know, when I'm of of interest to you and then I'll laugh in your face, you know? Um, Cause I don't like users. I, I really hate users. Uh, yeah. so after the, so once again, the finals, like it's, it's changed because of COVID quite a bit. Everything used to be in person. Now it's all over zoom. Mm-hmm. So now it's, um, you come in and you on zoom and you talk to the, the staff at, at whatever they named the department that year. It's been CTDI. It's been all, all kinds of things, the fellowship staff. And you talk right. to someone on there, they interview you and they ask you the same freaking questions that you answered in the semifinalist interview. So I realized all the questions that are in semifinalist interview are all the questions you'll get asked from there on out. So Hmm. even when you're in the finals, it's the same freaking questions. Mm -hmm. So if you have it figured out for the semifinals, you're good. You don't have to do any more research or work on yourself. You just have it all. Right. (laughs) So it's, it's kind of like, Oh, okay. I see how this works, Mm -hmm. you know? And, People think the big push is the final, the finals, but the big push is actually the semifinals. That's gotcha. where you have to really shine. Hmm. I, uh, in my opinion, because, no, you, that's because good to if, know. You, if you nail those, they're like, oh, that, that person can go all the way through. Mm-hmm. They'll be able to handle the pressure. Right. People crack. I mean, people are like crying and shit <laughs> in the finals. Like wow. none of those people got in. Wow. You know, don't cry. Right. Especially if you're a comedy, don't cry unless it's like a bit. Right. Um, now, so for the yeah, was it just the pressure of the whole it, thing that made them, or like reliving experiences, or like thinking they did poorly? What what made people break down? Oh yeah, I think a lot of it is going deep into because I mean Disney won't won't say this, but I think they mm-hmm. enjoy the trauma porn thing a little bit more than some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. And see, so if you're a drama writer and you're going into your you know your backstory and it's pretty sad or dark if you're not really like solid like it can kind of catch you and then you can't help it you know mm-hmm. um so don't be sobbing and stuff like that you could probably right. tear up and that's probably just as far as you want to go but you have gotcha. to maintain your composure because in a writer's room yeah let's say like hey is anyone here lost a parent mm. and it's like me and then they're like asking you about it and you're just like, <laughs> and it's like no, yeah sorry dude uh we don't know what you're saying right um so and it, now it's we all feel fine line <laughs> Yeah, like you want to be vulnerable, but not broken. Right. Is right. what I say. No, that's good. Um, so the first part is you have that interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we did was they brought us in and we all met all the other people who were in comedy. Um, right. So all the comedy people came together, all the drama people came together. And we all went in our respective rooms. And we thought it was just a meet and greet to get to know everybody. And they're like, okay, tell us about yourself. And they go mm-hmm. around the room. Right. That's that. Tell us about yourself. It's the same thing from before, but because they've heard your old tell us about yourself, mm-hmm. you want to tweak it a little bit because the audience has heard it. And so gotcha. I had a slightly different take on all that, um, but I only talked for two minutes. Hmm. Some people talk for 15 minutes. Right. And they're timing you the whole time. Oh, I see. You don't know that, but they are. So from the moment that you're a semifinalist, to the moment you get out of the program, they are eagle eye on you. Mm-hmm. They're watching everything you do. So 
um, people forget that or they don't realize that. Like this was a test and these people failed. Like the people who went on too long, they, they didn't, none of those people got in. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to, because they're just looking for a reason to knock you out. Right. That they, makes they, sense. You know, because they just got to thin the herd. Sure. And, and there's too many good people, too many great people. Right. Uh, with wonderful, you know, life stories and they're great writers. It's like, how do you decide? Like, it's so hard. Right. right. And, um, and all, you know, they do cast the class. So it's like, what, what kind of people do we have in here? What's the mix? Mm-hmm. Um, I call ours the Noah's Ark year when we had like two of like each ethnicity kind of. Right. Um, so, but I, I didn't think I was going to get it because I had heard that there was a woman who's really badass who was like a finalist. And I'm like, well, they're only going to take one Indian and she's awesome. Oh, so, yeah. So that just put me in my, I don't give a shit. Like, I just went to, I was like, let's just go have fun. Right. That's it. Um, and that was my whole attitude about it, uh, which was the way to go for sure. Mm-hmm. So you do that first thing, then you have a mixer with like 40, 50 execs, showrunners, that kind of thing. And it's you're with all the other finalists and you, I call it like, I, I call it like you're a bee pollinating. So you go flower to flower mm-hmm. and all the bees are showing up and you're like, oh, but I want to pollinate your flower. You know, uh, that sounds gross, but like it's, <laughs> you want to impress them and leave right. them with something. And, uh, but you want to get in and out really fast. Cause if you overstay, then it's like, oh, they don't understand how time works. Right. And so, and some people will be cutthroat and they'll just try to like, they'll just like steamroll you to knock you out of the conversation. Like the, like, like the, the other people, other... finalists. Oh, I see. Yeah. So don't do that. Be cool. Uh, I, yes. And I, you know, I did improv and stuff, so I, yes. And everything. So mm-hmm. I remembered the first day what everybody said about themselves. I remembered at least one thing about everybody. Mm. And I remember things about people. It's just how my brain works. So someone will come in and try to steamroll me and they're giving their spiel. I'm like, oh, you went to, uh, let's say, you went to UCSD, didn't you? And, mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, I did. And then the exec's like, how did you remember where they went to school? Mm. And I'm like, oh, I was just listening. Right. And... I'm not trying to impress anybody. It's just how my brain works. Right. And uh, even if you can't get a word in edgewise about yourself, they remember that you remember something about gotcha. something you just met a day ago. So yeah. those things are, those things matter. Um, Absolutely. And, and being like, they've all read you at that point. All those people in there have, they know who we all are. They know mm-hmm. our faces, kind of what we wrote. They may not remember exactly, but if they go like, what was the thing you wrote? And you go, boom, like, oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's like all you have to do is show them you're not totally insane or like a sociopath and uh, you'll probably get in, you know, um, and some slip through, you know, some some weirdos slip through and that's fine. But uh, yeah, so you do that. And that's like so tiring. It's like hours of that. How long uh, was it? I think I think I was there two and a half or something. Mm-hmm. It went long because some people stayed uh longer and so i was like well i'm gonna stick until like everyone's gone because i always stay to the end of every party um and and so then you do that and then the last part is you do your pitch on an episode you Mm -hmm. pitch a spec episode of a show is it it the one you wrote or could it be anything it's well that year because it was all pilots they didn't have a spec oh that's right you're right you're right you're right yeah yeah. so so they you know so you pitch 
you do like a five minute pitch of mm -hmm. an episode and um i had just written a brooklyn 99 spec that was i thought was really good um and i never like my writing by the way i'm always like i'm the worst but like that one was actually solid right and i'd wrote i'd written it in afi and i was doing the the fine like the polish on it that week because i was the last week of afi like finals mm -hmm. week basically and while the finals of disney are going and so i had my story broken and it was like all good to go so i just pitched what i had written mm -hmm. which was awesome and i tied i tied it to my personal story which is what you want to do with everything right so i I pitched a Brooklyn Nine Nine because you could pitch from any. You could do from any network at that time. Now I think you have to pitch something on the on their network, mm -hmm. one of their networks. So that's a little different. Um, and I only used four minutes and four and a half or four minutes and forty five seconds. And I was like sitting in the Starbucks downstairs, just like slashing to get get time. Right. And so I yeah, so I did that. And then you're in a room with anywhere between one and ten executives. One um, in 10? That seems like yeah. a wide range. <laughs> it's quite a range. And then the Disney people are in there, the program people. Um, and the number of people in your meeting has no uh, bearing on how good you're doing. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's more a function of time, hmm. like schedule. And so I had two, and I was the very last person to go. And I was like, oh, I'm the garbage person. Like, I'm the, you know, I'm the guy who's like following the horse in the parade, you know, mm -hmm. picking up all the shit. And so, again, I was like, well, if that's when I'm going, I'm, I don't give a fuck again. Right. So I go and I'm like, I'm just going to have a good time. So I pitched my 9-9. I crushed it. Like, even the, the one of the heads of the program was like, well, I don't know what to do after that. And I was like, oh, I think I just got, <laughs> I, I either got in, I know I left it all on the table. Right. That was my whole goal. And I, I was on one hour of sleep. And so when I sat down, I was like, guys, I'm on one hour of sleep. So whatever happens, I, I can't take any responsibility for this. And they'd laugh and they're like, oh yeah, that, cause my newborn was up all night. I was right. Like, oh, this is the most important day of my life when you're up all night. But that falls all right into like who, what my mm -hmm. character, what my brand is. Tired dad, like dadcore, that's perfect. Because they know that you're in the trenches. So when you go in a room, you're going to mm -hmm. have actual stories. Not like, well, my nanny told me once that this happened, you know. Well, and, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, when you're in there and you've had one hour of sleep and you still have good humor, develop a good pitch. It's like, this guy can work under pressure. Yeah, yeah. And he's not yeah. going to crack. It's like, oh, that's I'm a good so point. frazzled. You yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? That's a good point. Um, I, I didn't even think about that. But I, I had my notes out. Yeah. And people want to be off book. They want to be memorized and stuff. And I was like, I have this memorized somewhere in my brain. So I have the notes here in case I might have a brain fart. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to use them once because once I got into it, I was like in the flow of it. Right. And mm. I just like, I'm at a party and I'm telling a story. And um, I was just lucky because mm. like luck is a big part of this. So when I went to the mixer, one of the people who wrote my recommendation was there. So he's like, you don't mm. need to talk to me. And then another person's like, I knew so many people in the room already. They're like, don't talk to me. Mm -hmm. I got you. And then I'm like, okay. And then when I went to the finals, one of the three people who was in there, I knew really well. And the, and she gave me a hug when I came in and the other executive's like, why don't we get a hug? I'm like, I, I can hug, but you know, we're like, you know, I, I don't know you guys. And uh, they're like, how do you know Adeep? They ask her. And she's like, well, when I moved, I was a fan of his on, on the page podcast. And mm -hmm. I was like, yep, that's how we met. And then she reached out to me and she was moving to LA and I was nice to her. And, and she remembered that. Yeah.
and she's Karma. working for Viola Davis. Right. So no, that's great. I didn't have to impress her. She's like, he he was one of the few people who was really nice to me, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. So just being yourself, like being who you are naturally, um, and then you know they ask you the same questions as before, mm-hmm. and the meeting's quite short. It's really like half an hour, maybe thirty five right. minutes, and then you're out, and then you you throw up, and then you go home, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, so that's like, that's the process. It's very, very stressful. They, they used to call it the gauntlet. Now it's called the hunger games. Um, it, cause it truly is. You can feel the desperation and the right. competition. Everyone's like, this is my shot. This is my shot. It's not your shot. It could be your shot, but it's not your only shot. Right. No, absolutely. I, I, I really think people need to remember that because, um, they put all their eggs in the fellowship basket. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to do more than that. You have to make your own shit. You have to write other things you have to do things besides the fellowship you get jobs in the business you know all those things mm-hmm. um all those things help so anyway yeah i know that's i talked for a really long time so always interrupt me but that's no. the process you know yeah. uh as it as it's gone um and then they call for me they call me like two days three days before christmas mm-hmm. and it was they really fucked me up because they they call and i had heard that they call you whether you get in or not oh so at that like, level okay, you mean at that level yeah which is not true. Um, it just changes every year. And so they call me like, oh, what you been up to today? I'm like, well, I met with a director to shoot my short and went did some Christmas shopping and took the kids to the, and they're like, uh, well, we have an early Christmas present for you. And I was like, what? And I made a weird sound and I didn't, and they're like, I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, you're in. And I was like, oh shit, really? And sounds that come, that you didn't know you could create come out of your body in a weird combination. And like someone was in the room, I was like, is this hap-? Like I had to ask people, like, did that happen after mm-hmm. the fact? Like, did I really have that phone call? Because it is out of body. Sure. Especially if someone like me has been grinding it out for so long, fifth mm-hmm. time applying. And um, whether I cared or not, it was like such a surprise. Because I was just expecting like, hey, you were great. Uh, apply next year is what I thought the call would be. Right, you know? right. Um, and they do that sometimes they'll be like apply next year, which means apply next year. Cause mm-hmm. they're like, wink, wink, apply next year. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So that's like, that's the process. Okay. No, that's good. And I it's do have insane. more questions about the program itself yeah. and placement interviews, pros and cons that you're experienced yeah. there. Uh, but I did, there's a few questions I want to get to, especially yeah. since you mentioned, uh, on the page, um, yeah. but, uh, the question was, I'm a big Pilar Alessandra fan. Please tell me she is as cool as she seems. Yeah. She's very cool. She's, she, yeah, she's cool. It's, it's, um, she and I get along really well. I mean, we worked mm-hmm. together for like seven years. So, um, yeah, we have a lot of, we have good chemistry and, and we get along and we get party and, um, she, yeah, she's very cool. She gives excellent notes i bet she's so busy i mean it's it's incredible her wait list is just like months that's yeah. how good she is um and yeah she was she yeah she was a really good um person to know and like just talking about story right uh, on the on the page was like really helpful um i got to interview lot like help her interview lots of cool people mm-hmm. people remember that years later um like i was up to staff on community and it was because it was someone i met who was an ep from the show from from on the page um even recently like i was talking to um the showrunner of doctor who 
Mm. And he was like, I've heard you talk about story uh, quite a bit. You're quite good at it. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, I'm a stranger to you. And he's like, right. no, no, I listen to those. And I was like, okay, <laughs> this is normal. Um, again, you can't plan for that. It's right. just being yourself and doing the work. And um, so, yeah, Pilar's cool. Take her class. Uh, and she's doing a whole new thing, like with consulting and stuff, like mm. a whole new kind of framework. So right. I haven't done it yet, so I don't know how it's going, but I assume it's good. Yeah, no, I'm always amazed when working writers listen to the podcast, this podcast. <clears throat> you oh, know, when, yeah. When upper levels will say, oh, yeah, no, I've, I've listened to yeah. your podcast. Or yeah. even like uppers and mids, like I used to listen to your podcast. And right. You know, help me break in. You're like, exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've been doing this that long now, have I? Yeah, I know. That's a little <laughs> bit strange. It's a strange. It's like, cool, but it's yeah. strange. You're yeah. like, wait, bro, I haven't broken in. And, right. Um, no, it's cool. But yeah, it's, I think the people who truly care about story and mm -hmm. about writing craft, they'll listen to these things even as experienced writers. Like I right. still listen to yours and I listen to on the page, even though I'm not even involved mm -hmm. and I listen to, you know, Noah's and I, you know, I listen to like as, as many uh, from people that I really like. Mm -hmm. And uh, I always learn if I get one nugget, it's worth it. Plus it helps me clean my house, you know? Yeah. Like, Throw that on. Da, da, da. Well, yeah. 95% of our <laughs> audience is still listens to the, audio podcasts, whether they're in the car, yep. whether they're cleaning yep. or at the gym or whatever it is. Yep. Um, so it's definitely still a thing, which is strange yeah. because the death <clears throat> of radio and everyone thought, you know, that that's podcasts all gone. And podcasts and clubhouse and yeah. yeah, it's massive now. And I came out of radio, which is funny. Um, and I, I hopefully I can capitalize on some of that experience. I think but, you should. Um, I think you absolutely should. I'm just bad at that. I'm like, Ooh, <laughs> I get caught up in all my ideas. Um, um, so yeah, that was so from that, Clint that's... Williams. I do have another question uh -huh. here. Yeah. Um, Greg M says, "What uh, was the McKee class useful? Yes. What did you learn in it? There's something about being in a room mm -hmm. with a bunch of people and having a grumpy old man yell story <laughs> at you a thousand times to get right. it in your head. Um, and I have a good, I have a good McKee story, but it's very long. And um, but." Suffice so to say, suffice it to say, he hates cell phones, and he wouldn't let you have a cell phone in the room. Oh. And my cell phone would not turn off. And so mm. I was like, "Oh shit!" So I had to leave my cell phone with the people at the front. I'm like, "This is a very strange situation." I have, you know, and they're like, "Yeah, he'll kill you if your phone goes off," and he'll take your phone actually if it goes off in the room. Mm -hmm. This was many years ago. I don't know if he still does that. But back then, and he just drills home the importance of story over plot, over um, anything but character, like character and story go together. But you just start to go like, oh, yes, this is about story. This isn't about cool shit happens. Mm -hmm. This is story. Right. And the book is fantastic. And then you go take the class and you're like, oh, my God, it's like the book came alive. And it's really, really entertaining, but also terrifying. <laughs> uh, a friend of mine did it and, and you'll see like famous people in there. Like John Cleese was in her class. Mm -hmm. John Cleese. Wow. John Cleese. Whenever he's in LA, I guess he like takes it. Yeah. So he's done a few, I, I've heard other people say, oh yeah, John Cleese was in my class. That hmm. dude's like, he, <laughs> there's a Python in the class. Yeah. Okay. That's insane. Uh, yeah. I've heard other people, big people taking it. So anyway, it's. I feel like I'm doing commercials for like all these people. 
but I really enjoyed it and I got a lot out of it and I think right. it really helped me. So um, I'm, I just read his dialogue book, which is really good too. Um, oh, I mean, he's he's the OG, right? He, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like him and Sid Field and, Wait. you know, a few other cats. Yeah. Uh, Vogler's like, I think Vogler's probably my favorite. Okay. Um, and, and Blake Snyder was like one of my, my mentors before he passed. And so like, I know it's weird. I know like a lot of these, Mm. these screenwriting gurus and stuff but um i'm just a nerd for this shit so i like keep an eye on everything right know? no that's cool i yeah. mean it, it it i think if you're not growing and seeking out new knowledge and information then you're just staying stagnant and i i think that's it's you know harder to get yeah. better as a writer and as a person in general but yeah yeah and there's a good book uh there's a good book for that which is um the growth mindset mm -hmm. um everyone should read that book or do the audio book of it because mm -hmm. that drills home the idea that like we're not in a fixed state and so we can grow like mm -hmm. they say you can't teach old dogs new tricks but that's not true you know right Plus we're not dogs um <laughs> we can learn new things every yeah. day so yeah. my goal every day is to have fun once a day and learn something new every day mm -hmm. and yeah. um so anyway that's that's that answer I'll give you a long answer for everything, unfortunately. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, um, uh, Sabi Habib says, branding question, as a new writer looking for rep and fellowships, I'm wondering what you think is a better approach. I've got two pilots. One is basically my family story, a story only I can tell. Great. Mm -hmm. uh, the other is sci-fi. I'm entering through the side door. I love the sci-fi, but I'm not sure if that's the first foot I should put forward or if I should just mine the hell out of my own story. Um, you, what you want to do is this is, this is my advice and, mm. and you'll hear this from other people, but it's not, um, it, it's not like, and again, like any advice you get, just remember William Goldman, nobody knows anything. Right. That's the only person who's ever been right in Hollywood. And so whatever you hear from me could be bullshit because this is what worked for me. It may not work for you, mm -hmm. you know? Um, you want two samples in the same format and genre. So the reason for that is so they know what you can do. Mm -hmm. They can sell you. We're like, I have a comedy, I have a half hour comedy writer writes family comedies. Great. I know what that is. Mm -hmm. If you're like, I have a half hour writer, loves family comedies and hardcore sci-fi. Right. They're like, um, is there another sample? Right. You know, third, third, yeah. Never, all the a, a rep will ask, but no one else will. Sure. Um, so have two in the same genre or format. They don't have to have the same exact tone, but they have to have the same voice. Right. So that's what, so, so for example, for Disney, my two pilots were both about being an Indian dad raising young kids, but one was about being a dad with PTSD, which is based mm. on my life. And then one was about being a dad who has to work at the private school drop off in exchange for tuition because he gets fired, which is also me. Um, they're completely different tone and story and all that, but they could, they could fit in the same universe and they're definitely me. Mm. So one's a dramedy, one's kind of a more traditional sitcom, I thought. And then everyone's like, no, this is a subversive cable sitcom. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay. Cause, cause it wasn't dumb. Even though it's dumb, right? This comedy's dumb, but um, 
you know, I have puking in it and I have all kinds of dumb shit. Like it's, it's, it's highbrow, lowbrow. I think that's my right. brand as well. Um, so do that. Make sure you have uh, a sense, like for reps, you definitely want to have at least two and hmm. um, they usually do ask for two. Um, I don't know. That's kind of it. But for branding, I always say, you know, have, you take, you take all the things that you like, like you take that. So that's your taste and you put it with what you are good at writing mm -hmm. and who you are and you kind of put it in the Vitamix or Nutribullet and then you mix it up and then that's your smoothie. Like that's, that's what you're offering. So it's like, I have, you know, I have the Bob smoothie and I'll have the, you know, um, a seam smoothie. And mm -hmm. it's like, uh, okay, that's what I'm, that's what I'm looking for for my writers. And that's what I'm looking for, for my, my roster. Right. Cause also if you're too much like someone that they already have, they're not going to take you on. Right. Right. They don't need to. They don't. They're like, yeah. I already have an Asian, uh, comedy writer. Right. Don't need your ass. Right. Even though you're great. I can't. I don't have the bandwidth to try to sell both of you. Sure. Because you just cancel each other out. Right, right. Um, and I, I think that in terms of branding, they don't need to be necessarily exclusive. Like, in other words, like if your one story is a, your family story, basically you're sort of an autobiographical yeah. show mm -hmm. and the other is sci-fi, it doesn't mean you can't include some aspects of that. Right. Right. You know, like you, you know, if one is about a private school and you're a single dad struggling, whereas the other one is, I don't know, he's successful, but he's having PTSD. And right. They could still be two different, completely different stories. Like They're you could totally have different. a sci-fi that has the same family dynamic yeah. in the sci-fi or characters that draw on from that can still sort of tie it together and yeah. be part of that branding. Yeah. Like I'm trying to go do more one hours just uh there's more work in it i mm -hmm. i like the storytelling right i don't just want to write jokes all day although i can right um i can write lots and lots of jokes um but i love story and i love character and it's uh, my dramas have jokes in them mm -hmm. you know but i don't just want to be a joke machine right um unless you want me to be and you pay and, and i to? have no other yeah. jobs Hi, right. uh, but my, I have like a, I have like a superhero one hour that's about an Indian dad, mm -hmm. um, super villain, and uh, I have another, I have a noir that's about, um, that's not about really family. It's about, um, it's more philosophical, so it's a little bit different for me. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a half hour noir, um, but it's spiritual. Um, oh. so I have all these different things, but they all sound like me when you right. read it, you know that's the key is like having that voice. So you can be genre agnostic, but you're applying your voice. Sure. The things I, I wrote like three articles for script mag about voice. So if, uh -huh. if people want to check that out. Um, yeah. Shoot me those links. We'll drop them in there. Yeah. I mean, they oh, may, so. may or may not be happy, uh, helpful, but I do break down some script examples that you can sort of see how strong other people's voices are who are, who are famous and stuff. Right. So you can just see that that's, it's worth it for that. Um, well, and I mean, I think if you're looking for a rep versus fellowships, I can't really speak as much to the fellowships, although I think you've talked a lot about it in terms of, you know, getting personal and telling personal stories and yeah. things like that. Uh, as far as reps go, uh, genre does matter <clears throat> some, does. to some degree, you know, yeah. like if you have a sci-fi and you're a family drama and you have a sci-fi, I mean, it's not going to prevent you because most reps, they want one great script. It doesn't matter what it is. 
Yeah. That being said, if you they hire you or sign you based on your family drama, hopefully you have other family dramas that could add to that and yeah. send you out. Or yeah. if they sign you based on your sci-fi, you can sell you based on that. But having two different, you know, scripts that are both good, they're not going to not sign you because you don't right, have right. Like a focus right. yet. Yeah. But again, they're probably yeah. only going to request one at the beginning, and that's a big yeah. mistake too. Sending. Your uh, multiple log lines in your query uh, or whatever, don't do that. Pick the one that you think is the best, most representative of yourself to a that's rep right. and send that out. And that's what they, and that's perfect because that's what they tell you. Because I'll email because I have, I get anxious about this shit. And I go, oh, well, what do you, I have a few things. What would you like mm -hmm. to read? And they always say, what's, what's the best one yeah. that um, expresses your voice the best? And you're like, oh, okay. All right. I think, I think I know what that right. is. <laughs> Sometimes you don't. You're like, sure. Ugh. Um, and it, it's just strange. It's just strange. Like, and, and within a company, mm -hmm. different reps want different things. Yeah. And they have different tastes. So like, mm -hmm. here's a great example. When I was in the Disney program, uh, a company reached out to me and they're like, hey, we heard your da 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 da. We send something. I send it. Never hear from them again. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I guess that company hates me. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, who do I sign with when I leave the program? A different rep at that company. Right. Yeah. Who I, mean, I eventually left also, but you know, that's just, that's just rep stuff. But, um, right. yeah, they just need, they just, uh, my first reps, I signed off of a modern family spec and a treatment for a graphic novel. Wow. Okay. Very different. Yeah. But I had like five things in between. Too, sure. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, Anyway, you just never know what what's gonna happen. And right now, it's the hardest time to get repped, like it's, ever. It's a challenge, yeah. Yeah, no, it really, it's really, really tough. Um, so anyone who's trying to do it, like, just know the it feels it, it is as hard as as it feels to you mm -hmm. right now. It really is. Although it's interesting that um, uh, John Zazerny of Bellevue, who's been on the mm -hmm. podcast a number of times, his friend, he has told me, and I think he's put out publicly now that before the pandemic he had signed i think one client maybe off of queries uh-huh it was all mm -hmm. through referral before that yep and now he signed multiple i mean many clients off of uh query blind queries and contests and things like that so mm -hmm. he actually has, has signed quite a few of late uh but that's not the case i think with everybody but i mean i think he has actually yeah. done that whole process and, and spent a lot more time stuck inside reading yeah, than he yeah. would normally so well and the pandemic has made a lot of people it has created this new wave of people who are like i'm gonna get rich and write a screenplay and be oh, famous right. and we're back at that and i'm mm. like oh here we go so they're getting flooded with all kinds of shit and so many reps and execs don't have assistance because um everyone cut uh budgets Cost. big time and they're like yeah. well you're home you don't need an assistant and so the bandwidth for these people has gone mm. down significantly, yeah. especially if they're home with kids and all that. Yeah. Um, but you, like, you just need, you just need one person who is passionate about you and who actually has contacts and will hustle for you right. and be honest with you and, and transparent in terms of communication. That's right. what you need. But number one, and I, I, I tweeted this out today, but like number one is that you have a, like you, your gut says, this is the person right or the the converse your gut says something is off and mm -hmm. you have to listen to that listen to that voice right um and and i've talked to a lot of people in the business 
and I ask them like, what makes you like, I'll ask a huge movie star, what makes you pick a, a script or I'll ask a, a huge showrunner, like what makes you decide what next thing you're going to write? And they're like, right. my gut, 100% of the time mm-hmm. gut. Then, then the business part comes in. It's like, can I, as a producer, like maybe a producer's like, can I make this happen? And a writer's like, you know, do I have the bandwidth to do this? Right. And all these things. But it starts with gut. So it's like 90% gut. Right. Yeah. So and I think, I think, though, that, that sort of emerging writers, that newer writers, may not trust their gut enough. No. And so that's why when you first sign with a rep, you'll go through things mm-hmm. and they'll help guide you just based on on the industry itself like oh no there's yeah. three scripts that are just like that right. being developed right, right now so pick right. your other thing because that thing you know even if you're slightly less passionate about it there's no competition for that right now currently that's so yeah funny. but you know uh, the advice that i've gotten a lot mm-hmm. is and and my manager will my manager and agent will both laugh because they they know how i am um but everyone told me like the thing that um is scary mm-hmm. or silly or daring or subversive and the thing that you're that scares your reps like we're right. like i don't know if we should take that out that's what you write right because that's gonna be the thing that mo- like most people break in off that crazy thing yeah um and if you if i hear it from you know everybody it's yeah. probably true yeah no you absolutely. Know? <laughs> So that's why, like, I only work on things I'm passionate about that I can only tell that, um, and and I'm leaning into the weird of it. And I tell my students, like, just be weird and right. uh, don't be afraid of that. Well, I know a number of reps have told me that, like, write something that you're passionate about, even if you don't think it'll sell, it doesn't sound commercial, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but something that will attract attention because yeah. more people have broken in on you know stunt scripts scripts that have no intention of being sold yeah. or made yeah what we used to call stunt scripts right yeah. but they're so yeah. unique and so different yeah that they stand out and make that writer stand out it's like oh i want to work with this person yeah and then you have other things to sell you have possible owas and getting staffed and all these other mm-hmm. things just based on getting your name out there as a cool writer yeah you know? and and <laughs> the premise for these things has to be strong and the writing the execution of it has to be really strong yeah. especially your first five to ten pages mm-hmm. um they get five like for one spot on maybe two spots on a show they get 500 and those are all they get five submissions that's all with from reps right. pretty much uh so you have like a page to grab them and I've heard this from everybody. It's like, yeah, they know within a couple of pages whether this person's right or not. And right. it doesn't mean that you're a bad writer. It just means you may not be right for them. Right. So your sample has to be dialed in for that particular show. Right. Has to be something where it's like an easy sell to mm-hmm. like a one-to-one where it's like you do family comedies. This is a family comedy. You do, um, let's say you do um, half-hour dramedies in space and you're applying to family comedy. Maybe not. Right. Right. You know, but go to Lost in Space. Maybe they will hire you because, right. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. You have to be that uh, targeted. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Um, hopefully, anyway, we answered Sabi's question. If not, you can please revise. What was Sabi's um, question <clears throat> again? Was uh, a writer looking for a rep in fellowships and what's the better approach? Uh, the family story or the sci-fi. Well, um, uh, if they're different formats, then write another script that's 
the same format as one of the other ones right that you have. and then looking for a yeah. rep just send your best one and yeah you know, because they're yeah, gonna people... sign you based on one they're very rarely gonna ask to read two until they've read one and one yeah know, and, and if the they like that one they'll talk to you yeah then it doesn't matter if they're that. like iffy on you then they'll ask you right. for another one um let's see here uh sagar panwar says i'm an indian-based screenwriter i can write visually but when it comes to dialogue i suck lack of foreign experience can mm -hmm. i apply an international fellowship with this cocktail uh i don't know what uh, are there international fellowships or maybe there's they're talking about like the the abc disney fellowship you know those types of fellowships being foreign those, can you... are, those are not international because you have to be able to like live and work it, in the states right. and stuff like that a lot gotcha. of there's that stipulation <clears throat> i mean i'm in an international i'm not in an international program per se but the, the bafta program i'm in is british mm -hmm. but it my my group is my cohort is u.s like i came in as a u.s person right um but i do know all the uk prints and stuff like that um or breakthroughs uh there are and on my website i have a list of like the reputable uh fellowships okay. there's a couple maybe that would be international like an international person could apply for it but i don't know and i get asked this a lot but i just it's like you gotta figure out what your status is and all mm -hmm. that stuff um what's but, your website a deep.com yep aadip.com gotcha. the only advantage of having my name is that i don't need to use my last name ever oh um, that's cool yeah you have yes yeah, yeah. your twitter too at Adib. everything awesome. yeah everything but clubhouse someone beat me to it hmm. but no one's on there anyway and they haven't contacted you to try to sell you, <laughs> sell <laughs> <it> to you. <laughs> like, oh, yeah maybe if clubhouse like yeah i don't know we'll see basically um, every new technology that comes out i'm going to get a deep uh, um, yeah and i'm gonna say you owe me lunch that's right oh man you're gonna like <laughs> hold me hostage uh, um yeah the the thing i will say this and this sounds fucked up as a child of immigrants and, and i'll admit that but mm. when they read your script and mm. if the, if the english doesn't seem proficient mm -hmm. there's a good chance they're not gonna move forward right even in the query if you're querying reps oh god yeah i mean people you know? cold people dm me all the time i'm like i don't even understand what you're saying right and i'm saying there are americans who don't have a good command of the oh language, sure yeah right? it doesn't have to be yeah foreign. right it's not about being foreign mm -hmm. um you have to be a good writer to be a writer right if you don't know basic grammar rules i don't know why like i'm not gonna put i'm not gonna hire you like i need right. you know i need someone who knows the difference between there, 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 two, 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 all that. Right. Um, so if you're really good at visual, that's good. And if you're a screenwriter, that's good. Um, so learn how mm. Western dialogue works. Yeah, I assume that you would watch as much as you could and you'll start to internalize it. And, mm -hmm. and um, it's really hard. I mean, I'm not saying it's easy, sure. but the bar is so high. Right that any reason, again, to stop reading, they'll take. Because mm -hmm. it's just less work. Yeah, and I connected with a, a guy from Jordan. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea he was Jordanian. And uh, his English was better than mine in terms of like his writing, his, yeah, his uh, yeah. grammar and everything. Yeah. I was like, wow, you're Jordanian? Oh, yeah, there are yeah. cats who are just crushing it. I'm like, I can't write like that. Yeah. How the fuck can you write like that? <laughs> and I'm like, because they're smart and you're dumb, dumb, and uh, your brain is different. So. Right, right. Um, okay, so now I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the program itself at Disney ABC in terms of like what's involved in it 
and the placement interviews, because that's part of it as well. Not everyone gets placed on a show. You try and you set up interviews. Most people do. Yeah. Yeah. Pandemic yeah. fucked that up. So there's pre-pandemic life. There's there's current I pandemic see. life. And there'll gotcha. be a post-pandemic life. So um, it's a day job. So uh, you come into the Disney lot every mm -hmm. day or the Disney Zoom. Right. Um and you check in and you just sit there and they do some workshops with you and you you work on new ideas and you read scripts and they break you down and build you up and mm -hmm. they train you the biggest thing they train you on is the the one to two minute pitch about you know tell me about yourself right which i hate it why and if you ask them i was the worst at it and they're like they'd be like man you like what was that I was like, I don't know. I was trying new shit. They're like, don't try new shit. Do the shit that's working. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. But I'm I, as an improviser, I get bored doing the mm. same shit over and over. Like when I did stand up, I did different bits, mm -hmm. um, and I just hate it because everyone who comes in who's an alumni, or even like a showrunner comes in, they're like, oh, tell everyone go around the table, tell us mm -hmm. about yourself, and I'm just like, oh no, here we go. I'm gonna fuck it up. I wasn't fucking it up. That's who I am. Mm -hmm. So. Um, I realized later on, like that exact thing that makes me a weirdo in my own head is what makes me, um, helps me connect with other people right? who, oh, who are at the, like the top of the business. They yeah. like that because there's a vulnerability in it. There's a lack of, um, polish because the polish seems, then things seem contrived. If mm -hmm. things are too polished. Then it's like, what are you going to do in a writer's room when you have no time to think? Right. And you just have to be like, boom, joke, boom, joke, idea, idea. And you can't, you don't have like fucking hour to think about like the perfect right. thing. So raw, um, raw talent is good. Um, but eventually, you know, I, my, my two minute pitch is a two minute pitch. Mm -hmm. Do you, and can you say what your two minute pitch is? Do you still remember? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I change it up a little bit because things uh, they ask it, they ask differently now. Because mm -hmm. once they've read you, they've read your bio, they know so much more about you. Like right. an exec, let's say though, they won't necessarily ask you that those questions. They'll be like, mm -hmm. "What are you working on now? What are you interested in?" Um, but I had a meeting with Illumination recently, and they're like, "Tell me about yourself." Like we read your stuff, but tell tell us about yourself. And, mm -hmm. and I told the story, and they're like, "That's a crazy story." And I was like, "Okay, cool," because I talk about just being a military brat. Mm -hmm. That's and, another show you need to write. Yeah, I know everyone says that. Like, uh, I have like 139 ideas. Like, it's just a matter of like time. Um, the and music energy. one should be next, I think. I think you're right. I've been trying to crack that one. I was doing it in the wrong job, so I had a sitcom. I worked at Muzak. Mm. And I had a sitcom based at Muzak, and I thought that would be funny, but yours is better. <laughs> well, uh, it's yours now, so you run yeah, with it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'll do it. And then, you know, I'll be like, all right, I owe you. Mm. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, what was the question? I told you I'd get on tangent. Yeah, no, we, again, yeah. just talking about uh, your experience with the program and all also right. yeah. um, placement, you know, like placement. once you finish the program, ending up on a show and most people do end up on a show but not everyone i've, I've heard stories it, of people who don't it's like a it was a hundred percent rate for a long time oh, okay yeah and so that keep that in mind that they they, they want to keep that percentage as high as possible is that just with abc or is that with all of the fellowships because uh, you know i've heard 
Uh, no, just ABC. Okay. Yeah, that's because that's their competitive hmm. edge is that they have a direct pipeline to staffing you. Right. And and other people claim that they do, but they may not necessarily. Right. Um, and you know, some fellowships get worse as others get better. By the way, so if Disney was the best five years ago, maybe they're not the best now. Or CBS was the worst now; they're the best. Like whatever it is. Right. Um, it changes. So I think it's really important that, uh, when you look at fellowships and you're like, choose, let's say you have to choose cause some people get to choose, which I'm mm. like, fuck you. Um, you know, really think about like where you want to go and what they can do for you. Mm -hmm. You know, that's such a rare occurrence. Right. Um, so yeah, you come in and they do workshops and you meet people and they make you do your one minute pitch and they do Oprah you and they, you know, I don't know what they do now, but it's it just changes every year. Sometimes they bring in a consultant um, to work on scripts with you. Sometimes they do it in-house. So it just depends. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have to pitch yourself on all the shows that you could potentially work on. You write a little blurb and then they send that out. Mm -hmm. uh, and then showrunner's like, okay, I'll talk to that person. Or they'll do a cattle call, which they did for us, where they sent all the uh, comedy writers to the Goldbergs, so we all felt really special, and uh, we were like, it was like a revolving door. I, I called it the the brown revolving door because it's mm. just like one brown person after another, and uh, it was like, wow, this feels so great. Um, <laughs> it felt like a pitch fest mm. in a way, right, right, like right, in a bad way. And um, I'm really honest about all this shit because I don't give a fuck. Um, but I, yeah, I went to my interview and and I had a crazy morning that morning. It rained. I had an interview at the Goldbergs that morning, and then I had an interview at fucking Lucasfilm like in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. It was a it was a big day. Um, but they you don't necessarily get a lot of uh, showrunner interviews in the program. You might get maybe two or three. Mm -hmm. um, but what happens is like it gets to a point where they sort of know what shows are going, and they're like, okay, who has needs? And then it'll just be like a furious kind of thing. So it's like a lot of hurry up and wait. Mm -hmm. And then when it's like time to go, it's all really, really fast. So you could start, we had people starting two days after their interview on a show. Oh, really intense. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and you have to like change your life around, you know, yeah. overnight to accommodate that. So yeah. And those interviews is like the same fucking questions that you get in, uh, in your, um, uh, in the finals. Like it's, it, it's all the same shit that you get asked in, in exec meetings and with reps. It's all so the, the preparation for applying to these programs is great because you start to understand who you really are as a writer. Right. And you're going to use that. So it's not wasted because um, it can feel like it's a waste of time to do all this, but it actually isn't. Um, and, and But the difference with the Goldbergs interview, they're like, what's your morning like? We've been stuck here all day. What? Mm -hmm. Anything funny, ha anything cool happened today? Right. And I was like, it's funny you asked that. And I had the fucking most <laughs> insane mor morning. And they're like, you're a comedy writer. They full mm -hmm. on just in the room, you're a comedy writer. And I was right. like, oh, no. Um, <laughs> and like, we don't have a geek. Do you know, like, sci-fi and stuff? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, 80s? I was like, yeah. 80s culture, 80s music. I know all that shit. And they're mm -hmm. like, okay. So I had, like, the, re the research is, like, in here. Right, right. Goldberg's does a montage, music montage every episode with a song. I didn't mm -hmm. have to Google shit. Just right, like, right. Just, you know. Um, 
So I got to use, you know, everything I had at my disposal. Um, and that's yeah, why just... it helps to have like this diverse background. Again, not in terms yeah. of your ethnicity, but you yeah, just yeah, yeah. diversity of your 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 upbringing, diversity of your yeah. history, your jobs, whatever it happens yeah. to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I would always pitch the really geeky. I would pitch on all the geeky stuff, mm -hmm. and you know, like there's one I'm really really proud of that got in and. And it was like a, an Ewok thing. It's like, who knew mm. that you get an Ewok joke on the air right. crushes and um, like Goldberg, he like Adam, he needs a, he needs like a, a hype song in his head. Like mm -hmm. as he's going, going to ask a girl out and stuff like that. And, uh, and his mentor um, played by, Oh, I forgot his name. It, he's a famous person. His mentor is like telling you this song and, we're all pitching songs on it. And I was like, how about the, the Ewok celebration song, Yub Nub? And that's what ended up in the show. That's awesome. And the guy's like, I don't know what that is, but you know, and it's like, yeah, cause no one knows, what, you know, only, I know what that is. You know what that is, but like in that world, that yeah. person wouldn't know. Oh, that right, song, right, 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 right. Right. And, uh, but like we know. Yeah. So that's like a fucking rad joke. I think, um, it made me laugh inside and I mm -hmm. pitched it. Everyone looked at me like, what? <laughs> yeah. And then it gets in. I'm like, well, yeah. it got in. Holy yeah. shit. You don't know it's going to get in until you see it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. You know, they don't tell you. Um, I have two other questions. One, going back to what we yeah. talked about before, but also at any point, did in any of your showrunner meetings or any meetings in, in general, anyone bring up worst cooks in America? Like, hey, yeah, I remember you from that show. Um, I'm just so, curious for my yeah. own. Because um, I remember you from that. And I don't, we've seen probably what all 17, 20, whatever incarnations of it. And there's only a handful of people you remember. And I remembered you. I am the most, uh, this is not a brag at all because it's not something to be proud of. But I am probably the most well known of all the people who went on that show. And it's because I was such a fucking mess. And, no, but you were a character in a good way. You know, you're yeah, memorable. Because I, yeah. I don't remember the cooking, who did what, and who blew the yeah. what up, or who set what on fire. You just Everything's on fire on that cool show, and by the way. fun and interesting. And it's like, yeah. oh, OK, I remember. Yeah, that. I mean, it was really hard. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that's, uh, well, that's good. But yeah, execs will be like, um, and they'll have make a weird face. <clears throat> and I'll know exactly what they're about <clears throat> to do. And I'm like, are you going to ask me what worst cooks? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, ah, okay. And they're like, we were so nervous to ask him. Like, I know what that face is. Um, so. No showrunners have, I mean, to be frank, I haven't had a lot of showrunner meetings that were for staffing. I've had mm. like a lot of mentor meetings with showrunners and stuff. Right. Um, which they like, and they're mostly Brits at this point, And so they don't really ask about it. Right. But I did, um, I got recognized the first couple, one of the, first weeks on the lot when I was on the Goldbergs mm -hmm. we went for a lot walk with my one of my showrunners and all the new writers and we went to the Sony um, museum where they have mm -hmm. like the Seinfeld couch and they have the they have the like um, alarm clock from Groundhog Day you know all that stuff it's so dope and uh, we go in and we it's where we come out and this girl comes up to me and she's like I'm sorry are you a deep from first cooks in America and she's like whispering <laughs> and I was like yeah and she flips out all her friends flip out like can we take a picture and so they take a picture with me and I was like okay cool bye guys like have fun and we leave and my boss goes what the fuck was that <laughs> and all the other like writers were like are you wait are you famous 
And I was like, right. no, I just did a dumb thing like years ago and it just kind of comes up. Yeah. And then I go back to them and like, Hadeep's Loki famous. Right. And, like, and then my showrunner, other showrunner was like, ah, that's how I knew you. Because mm. he, he recognized my face, I guess, when we met. Yeah. And he's like, oh, my kids watch that. Um, he watches that, it. None of that was he used, He me, used right? the excuse, my kids watch that or my wife watches that. No, I, I wish I wish he, he was fronting. He, he definitely had no idea. Oh, like, he's like, I know they watch all the cooking shows, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, but I get, you know, I get people come up to me in restaurants and that's cool. just yell shit at me. Yeah, like, that's funny. Onions! And they walk out or they <laughs> they all like, grilled cheese. I've had yeah. people quote myself back to myself. Wow. Um, and here's here's like a dirty little secret that mm. I'm going to put in the show. But um, they kept me in the back for hours doing talking heads. And they would mm. use my stuff, like right. jokes that I would say. They would give them to other people. So, event so sometimes I would have my own joke coming back out at me from someone else, and I'd be like, "I wrote that," and they're like, "Kills the take, of course." But right. like, I wrote that. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. So there's. So you were a TV comedy writer before you were a TV yeah. comedy writer. Yeah, I was like, "Hey, fire me off this and hire yeah. me as a writer," because they were right. WGA, and I was like, "Get me my card," and they're like, that's "We don't do funny. that," and I was like, yeah. you could. But, "But give us some more lines." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, "Ah, fuck this." I mean, yeah. I I did lots of crazy things, so. That's um, That's the worst cooks of it. Mm -hmm. um, I used to be really embarrassed by it, and now I just sort of like say, "Yeah, I did this, and it's silly, and um, all that." I mean, I wish I was getting residuals because I oh, would be shit. rich. Yeah. But reality shows, you don't. So right, it's right. just exploitation and embarrassment. Yeah. So yeah. I always tell people, be famous for something that you're good at, because it's a lot better. <laughs> yeah that's so true something you're terrible at right but at the time you know if you're not famous for something you're good at be famous for something i wasn't even trying to be famous i was like yeah. hey i can go learn how to cook from like the best chefs in the sure. world fuck yeah yeah and it was it was a lark my wife's like she applied um like i got an email from somewhere it's like oh about mm. worst cooks and i sent it to her i'm like haha and she's like you should go on this so i was like nah and she's like i'm gonna apply and then you do the whole process and um it's rigorous, actually. Um, it's a good prep for the Disney finals, in a way. Because you're just like, ah, ah, they ask you all this crazy shit. So, that's crazy. Yeah, that's worse cooks. Um, um, yeah, and I can stay, hang out a little longer if people like, have questions and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, so, I mean... I know well, you have you have stuff, too. Well, we, it, you know, we've gone over the 90 minutes, but I did want to get go back to something that I think we sort of segued away from, but I wanted to go back to. Your own two-minute statement, right? Mm -hmm. Getting to the nitty gritty of that and how yeah. to, you know, help others write theirs yeah. so that it's succinct, so that it, it, it's meaningful. And so that it really kind of captures the essence of, yeah. of who they are. Yeah. Like, like, can you talk about that? Yeah. Your experience with it yeah. and then others? You can, what I say, and this is, this is information you'll get from other people too. It's not like unique mm -hmm. to me, but you want them to remember like, two to three things about you. Mm -hmm. um, some people call it nuggets, some people call it, you know, traits, whatever, but like three things that they can hold in their brain if they've forgotten your name because they will forget your name. Right. Um, like, which one are you, which, which one are you? You know, it's like, but, oh, you're, you're Indian musician dad. Right. Yes, that's me. Um, or like, oh, mine is like um, Indian Air Force brat and musician gotcha. dad. It's like yeah. some things. Um, you got that's a bonus. What you, 
That, yeah, I got bonus from having a crazy life. Right. Um, that's what you want. And that should inform what you write. That should mm -hmm. reflect what you write. And it should reflect the writing that you've submitted. Mm -hmm. So they know that like every single piece of this package is unified. Mm -hmm. And if it's not, then it's really tough for them to remember you. Right. So mine is like, you know, ev what everyone talks about is being an outsider and being caught between two worlds. Like everybody mm -hmm. does that. All the right. people of color do that. Um, so you have to take that and go like one level deeper, maybe two levels deeper, or go two levels higher in terms of like making that exciting for that to really uh, resonate because they hear it so much. Mm -hmm. I was, I said, I'm always the new kid. Right. It's outsider, but it's different. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, why are you always the new kid? Oh, well, because my parents are in the military. And I went to the music business and I'm always, I did, I was a hired gun. So I would come in, nobody knew me. And there's like a deep skin gun play trumpet on this track. It's like, okay, we don't know what the fuck that is. Um, that's just my experience. And so that's how I framed the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And it, I used, chron I used geography and chronology to make it um, feel like an adventure. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it worked. And I just use that shit over and over. Once it works, you're like, you don't stop. Like any stand-up act, like once you know those jokes are hitting, you'll never get rid of them. You'll be 80 right. years old telling the same jokes. So yeah, you and you want to, but you want it to be a story that's contained. Like mine doesn't sound contained, but it is because it's all wrapped in this new kid thing. Mm. And um, and it's wrapped in like the Air Force thing. Because mm -hmm. being Indian and having parent, both parents in the Air Force is, mm -hmm. that alone is weird enough. Right. And then that's you throw unique. all my other shit on top. Then it's yeah. like, what? Musician? Oh, Nomad. You know, that's that they start to put it together. Right, right. Yeah. So there's oh, the three cool. nuggets, contained story mm -hmm. that's thematically tied together. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, like it, it takes a lot of work to get to the point where you have like a two, two and a half minute thing that is great. Right. It takes a lot of iterations, but I always tell people to work on that. Um, like, let's say you're stuck on a script. Like, I don't want to do that. I don't have the brain power for that or my other script. I'm tired. Sit down and look, think about this. Think about your answer to tell me about yourself and, and practice it on people. Mm -hmm. Don't annoy them, but like practice it on people who know you. Right. And then practice on people who don't really know you that well. Mm -hmm. um, it's tougher now. Like you can't be in Starbucks and like, hey, can I ask you, can I pitch you something? And like in LA, everyone's like, no. Right. Um, but if you live anywhere else, they're like, woo, you want to pitch me? That sounds sexy. Right. It's like, no, this is about me. And they're like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's good to practice that. Yeah. And I, I look over it before meetings a lot too. Mm -hmm. So I can just like get it back in, in my head. head. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. But that's, that's, unfortunately, that has been the most helpful thing I've learned for meetings mm -hmm. in particular. Um, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so if you can just stick around just for a quick bit, um, sure. after this, be sure to follow Adip on Twitter. It's at Adip, A-A-D-I-P. Um, thank you for coming on Adip. We'll have to have you back on in the new year to cover more 
uh, I, I probably got through about half the questions on my list. Um, so <laughs> it's because I talked too long. No, it's great. It was great insights <laughs> and uh, great stories. Um, I, I still will probably ask you a couple more questions. I will always bring up, and every time I, I talk to you, every time I see you, I will bring up worst <laughs> cooks. I hope you don't mind. There's um, always there's. Uh, there's, there's always one there, there's me. always one person who's doing that and it's always me it's, um, it's you actually my family brings it up a lot yeah um and uh, i keep telling my children i'm famous they laugh my <laughs> wife will show them me on tv they don't want to watch it because they don't want to see me get yelled at which is sweet yeah. and uh so yeah but like it's it's really funny because the, that's exactly what i'm like working on right now so no you, that's great and you, you should right absolutely 100 yeah. percent. yeah um and yeah, uh, happy to come back and talk about what it's like in a writer's room. Or yeah, whatever, all that stuff. All yeah, we shit. didn't get to any of those questions. So yeah, we yeah. definitely have to have you back. It was a yeah. it was a little little uh, challenging getting you. You know, we've both been so busy, but trying <laughs> yeah. to get you scheduled this uh, right, going back and yeah. forth for months now. But months finally, months. Yeah. so now we're gonna have to get you again. Uh, yeah, hopefully, it won't take a few more months. But, but at yeah. least now, like like going into the holidays, mm -hmm. everyone will sort of have some more information about their applications yeah and they can sort of start thinking now about these questions and right and, absolutely um, putting it together and i say write them all out put them all you know oh the thing i forgot to say write um write like 20 to 100 things about yourself that you think are interesting or, mm -hmm. or maybe even not interesting right but stuff that that you feel like are they represent you mm -hmm. and then and then look at that and see what the three nuggets are that you can put together that gotcha yeah and if anything best. comes up in conversation you have something right off the that bat you is always thing. yeah always have three good stories in your back pocket yeah at all times yeah that's great um, those are my yeah those are the takeaways um, and as a reminder, we're off next Saturday for Thanksgiving. So happy early Thanksgiving to all of our U.S. listeners and viewers. We're back on December 3rd for a special Friday episode with lit manager and producer Ryan Cunningham of Anonymous Content. That's Friday, gonna, December 3rd. I'm going to listen to that, by the way. Yeah, be on, by all means. Yeah, please. Ryan's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's December 3rd at 11 a.m. Uh, Pacific. Excuse me. It's 2 p.m. Eastern. I can speak. Um, <laughs> Thank you all for joining us today. Yeah. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thank you, Adit. Um, yeah, of and, course. And uh, we will see you next time. Sounds good.